What up? This is Yinka Diz. Peace. This is Outlaw. And listen to the 80s Babies Podcast. And on today's episode, we're doing a 10-second take for the fifth solo studio album for Freddie Gibbs, Soul Sold Separately, released September 30th of this past year, just a few weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. And when we when we spoke about this, you said that it was his debut album and I, or something like that. And I was Oh, like, I think it was a, what I read on the Wikipedia. Mm-hmm. Is it according to the Wikipedia, which is never wrong. You never need to fact check <laughs> Wiki. The project is Gibbs, Gibbs' fifth solo album and is first to be released on a major label. Interesting. Yeah. You yeah. can hear it though. Yeah, I don't know, bro. I just, you know, I don't I don't know that I agree with that because while while he Well, it's in a wiki, so. So he's he said he said either on an in an interview or on this album, he says that um when he did the the freshman cover, he was the only one that was unsigned at the time. Okay. But he was on the freshman cover in like 2011. Mm. You know what I mean? So it's like for a nigga to be out over ten years, and then we're like, "Oh, this is their first album." That's something that I I hate well, about about music, the music industry. It's but, not his first album. It's yeah. his first major, first album on a major label, but, and it's not even his yeah. fifth album. It's just his fifth solo album. But even the the the, the term "quote unquote" yeah. major label annoys me. You know what I mean? Like he's he's had two albums with Madlib, who is an an industry staple for many years. This is true. Uh, he's got albums with with freaking Alchemist. Like you know mm-hmm. what I mean? So it's like I guess you know the, the, maybe it's just a semantic thing that annoys me. But well, nevertheless, we're doing a ten second take because yeah. uh, this album has it's been in the streets. Right, it's yeah. got some buzz, right? Yeah, for sure. So they want to hear us. Uh, they want to hear our takes on it. Yeah. Even though I've only heard this album ten times. Oh, which you is, probably heard it more times than me. I mean, it's, it's you know, it's a quick album. It's only <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. That's true. So, uh, but yeah, but uh, you know, before we even get into that, I just mm-hmm. want to say mm-hmm. that if you or somebody you know happens to see or be witness to somebody online or somebody out in the public space doing things and trolling you on purpose and saying things that you know are against your morals and your values and they're they're against things that you represent okay. and you know that they're just doing it for attention do yourself a favor and don't click on those links don't yeah. check out that person's name i don't even need to say the person's name y'all know who i'm talking about right okay but if someone's writing a think piece about this person mm-hmm. just don't click on the link oh, don't give okay. this person any of your time or your attention or anything like that. That's how they win. Saying. That's I understand what you're saying. That is how they win. Just yeah. don't, just don't yeah. entertain it. Yeah. Just don't don't like it. Don't yeah. share it. Don't don't even discuss it with your buddies. And I'm not saying no names. Yeah. It could be anything. Yeah. It could be anybody. The sad thing is that the person that you're talking about, we Who? canceled that person like five years ago. Huh? Uh yeah. <laughs> exactly. Who? Exactly. What? And 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 it's sad that they're they're still they're still finding a way to make themselves you know um, they haven't they haven't put out much actual music that would be relevant to our conversation since then and yet have still found a way to keep themselves in the discourse. Uh, you know. To be honest, I don't I don't even know who you're talking about. All, all I can say is that any single time that you even write or click on a link. On a, discussing in a podcast, listening to a podcast, you're writing a think piece, whatever. Anytime you do that, all you're doing, you're just helping them win. I don't That's disagree with care. you. That's I don't disagree care. with you but at all. What we do care about, though, right? We do care about this, uh, this Freddie Gibbs. This gangster Gibbs. Yeah, yeah. Mike, check, check, check. Gibbs, ho. And, um, yeah, so you <laughs> were saying pre show that you were curious how I would receive this album. Absolutely. Why is that? Yeah, like, so as I was saying to you, like, I feel like typically when we when we go to cover an album, I kind of already know, like, how you're going to, like, feel about it okay. or, like, or, like, how you're going to approach what you discuss on there. All right. I think with this, 
I've I've heard you say things not so complimentary about Gibbs in the past. Is it true? Um, I've heard your excitement when you saw the list of producers and features on this album. I was very excited. Um, and so I I had no idea. Like I'm like, okay, this could go either way in terms of how you feel about this album. Well, so to be consistent, when I am told that something is really really good then I'm going to, my expectations are raised. And the Bandana album in particular, while it was cool and it was fine, it was also something that for me felt tedious, a little tiresome, felt, felt very repetitive, okay. monotonous. Not not an album that I would go back and listen to. So while, if you Completely just- Completely disagree, by the way. But. Well, I know, I know. But if you just gave me like the, the best two songs from that album mm-hmm. and we're like, yo, like these are cool, that's fine. Like I, I can put them on my playlist while I'm listening to other things. Yeah. But just that project, and a lot of the other projects that were coming out. And it's not just Gibbs as well, right? Yeah. I feel like he and a lot of other artists were just flooding our our, our airwaves, or the mm. airwaves, if you if you will, yep. with their, not concept albums, but with their, you know, they're the only MC on there. They've got one producer on there. And mm. then like, they're giving us three albums a year like this. <laughs> and it was just like, it's just a lot. Yeah. And it's just like, I don't, like that to me, and this is my personal opinion, mm. I think that that's how your art becomes disposable. Yeah. That's just my personal opinion. Y'all don't have to agree with that. That's fine. I completely agree with you. But for me, and so Bandana was in that run. And mm-hmm. I believe that at the time, you said that was one of your albums of the year. Yeah. And I gave it to, I think that I give it to the 85 to Africa, the Jadena. Probably, yeah. But that was an album that took him a while to produce. And mm-hmm. same as this, like you can tell that there was time put into this album. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the other reasons why both of us respect Kendrick, yeah. right? Like regardless of the things that I said about Kendrick in the past as a lyricist, <laughs> I've never, at least I don't think I've ever disrespected him as a musician, as an artist. I'd so. be wrong to do that. But he puts time into his 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 his, his projects, into right, his right. music. Yep. And I feel that this project has, has time into it. And I can mm. see by the list of contributors that he had to the album i'm mm-hmm. like oh you've got you've got kelly price you've got anderson pock mm-hmm. you've got music soul child bit of an odd choice yeah but you, you you've got raekwon on here um this is like a good feature list yeah you've got dj paul okay you yeah, know because yeah. i fucks with the dj paul like b DJ paul, yeah. right so um i was excited to to listen to it and off the bat that intro i was like okay yeah. like the intro the rest of the album could have been dog shit but that mm-hmm. intro was so hard that i'm like it, it just put me in a good mood so yeah. I've been enjoying this this project while I've been listening to it the that's, eight to ten times that I've heard it. That's interesting because I had the opposite uh, really? experience. Uh, so you didn't like this? No, 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 no. I I, I love this. I think, oh, it's, okay, I think it's a okay, really okay, good okay. album. Um, but the intro and uh, you you may or may not know this, but the last uh, record by Yinka Diz that came out is called God Willing, mm. and um, it features the same sample as oh, the really? intro and. Um, so I, I feel like you know I had the like the the, the mad face when when this this project started I feel and, you, bro. and you know I, feel I just you. I come from an era where you know you don't like I don't want niggas sound like me on no album you know what I'm saying you, nah, on no album I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna call bias but I'm also yeah. gonna call justified bias I totally feel yeah. you bro so so I no, no but it wasn't hate it was it was and you know no no distic to to Kofi that's that's the homie you know he 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 made the beat. Um, but you know, it, it made me annoyed by this era of of production, and you know the fact that you know through Splice and some of these other services, I love that they're there. But now you know you have a generation of producers that are just you know they find the low hanging fruit of a sound, 
and then they just quickly make a beat yes, and, you know and then the next person can just go do the exact mm, same thing whereas true. with us at least in our era, in our era for but, sure. you know we prided ourselves in getting dusty and finding something that nobody else was gonna find yeah. and doing something completely unique so i'm just happy that my record came out months before this album did so that I could at least be like, I don't have to be like, yo, I, I had my record first. Like y'all could just go look at the stamps on 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 Spotify or wherever and see that my joint came out first. That's true. So okay. anyway. All right. Well, nevertheless, though, uh, <laughs> you, you did enjoy the album. I enjoyed yeah. it as well. So yeah. let's get into, um, should we do lowlights first and get those out of the way? Do you have any lowlights? Sure. I got a couple. All right, go ahead. Um, so, um, my low light, my biggest low light, and it's, it's interesting cause it's also kind of a, a highlight, but, um, to me, the theme slash title, like never all the way lands. Interesting. And, and, okay. and so, you know, I like the, I, I like the concept of the SSS hotel Yeah, I like it and too. I like how they weave that. Okay. Um, but then the SSS is, is, is billed as soul sold separately. Yeah. Right. Um, but like we never land on like why the soul is sold separately or like how that is relevant to Freddie Gibbs. Like it's like, okay, soul is soul is sold separately from what? Like what? Like what? Like what does that mean to you? Why? Why is that the concept? He had a quote for this. Yeah. I should have written it down. But yeah, he did explain it though. Yeah, I, it it's for me it just kind of doesn't all the way land, and I'm like, okay, soul oh, okay, is sold okay. separately. What, what he what he was saying was so I think if we if we think about the album the album thematically, right? And mm -hmm. I haven't dissected every single lyric, mm -hmm. um, which put a pin on that. We'll come back to that. Um, but I haven't dissected every single lyric. But I do think that one of the things he's talking about is almost kind of similar to the Pretty Girls Like Trap album, where he's talking about the things that he had to do to, to, to try to come out just to survive yep, yep, yep. and not be like confined to his circumstances. Yep. Like he's a bigger personality that his environment will allow. So mm -hmm. he has to break those bounds, yep. the legal bounds, to do these things so he can come up. And if that means that he needs to kill somebody or sell these drugs or this, that, and the other, then he's going to do that. Yep. Lord, forgive me, right? Yep. But then at the same time, too, it's like, at what is the cost? Yep. And ultimately, like, you sold your soul for this. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? And I think that that's at least how I interpreted, interpreted what he was saying in his quote gotcha. as well. Gotcha. If it doesn't come through, fine. I think it's one of those things where sometimes... Um, Sometimes like uh almost like poetry where like the art is in the is is in the vagueness, mm -hmm. is in the is in the spaces in between. Yeah. Where it allows for the audience to insert their own personal interpretation, right, right, right. connect the dots how they see fit. So it's like, all right, yeah. I'm gonna put a whole bunch of pieces together. It sounds good. You fill in the rest and whatever you want to fill it with, like that's you. And that's, I think that, that's exactly how I, I think that's what he's doing here. Yeah. And I'm going to I'm going to allow it. I'm gonna give yeah. him enough credit because I think it sounds good mm -hmm. that it's it's cool with me. So even if it if you're saying it doesn't work for you, I, I get it. It's yeah, fine. this is definitely my low light. Gotcha. But, but um, yeah, I I don't disagree with what you're saying in terms of how you feel about it. Yeah. Um, I do think that you know that 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 goes into my second low light, which is that like, in many ways, this album is almost like a like a like a sample platter, where like he kind of gives That's you true. like little a bunch of little bits, and then um allows your imagination to kind of connect the dots. And if it weren't for the fact that I have probably 10 to 18 other projects from Freddie Gibbs. Yeah. If he was an artist that that released sparsely, then I could then I, I would probably give him a little bit more artistic license to then go, oh well no, he's doing that as an intentional choice. But when you have 18 albums where you do that on all of your albums, then no, that's just the way you create music. 
And and so um, I think you know, with with this this project, this is his most personal album. Uh, okay, because uh, I thought sure. it felt very personal. To yeah, me. this is his most personal album by by far. However, m- m- almost no songs feel like full songs, and um, almost no songs feel like they're a spe- song about something specific. So he'll have like a like a like a tangent that he'll go off about a specific story about something. And then it'll kind of jump to like a, a kind of another story about something or whatever, um, which I think is cool and a creative choice from the perspective of the flow of the album. Yeah. And for helping this generation that is an ADD generation <laughs> to be able to kind of keep, keep keep with you because everybody, we want we want it and we want it now and we want it fast. It's very good from a microwave perspective, but from a all right, I'm going to learn about the artist and they're going to give me a song that's about something specific. There's maybe one song like that on, on this project. So that's all. That's okay, there. well, uh, two challenges to that. This is the mm-hmm. first album he's done in two years, right? Bandana's 2019. Alfredo's 2020. So you're right. And then and then this is 2022. The other thing I wanted to... Not necessarily counter with, but I said I was going to put a pin on it. Okay. And so maybe this can go to your point, actually. Mm-hmm. But I remember when we were talking about the Freddie Gibbs album where he came up in a discussion mm-hmm. and you had mentioned some interview that you saw where somebody asked him about a line that he said. Mm-hmm. And his response was, look, I don't remember what I was thinking. When yeah, I I'd just be this. saying whatever. I'd just fuck. be saying whatever. Yeah. And so the question, though, is that do you think he was doing it on this album, which I, I personally don't think he was, but... If that is something that he does often, then it does make it a little hard to put weight to a lot of the things that he's saying because mm-hmm. there's a bunch of little things in here. I was like, oh, that could mean this. That could mean that could be that. Mm-hmm. I could put all this together, but I was like, you know what? Let me actually just be a little bit more hands off and just yeah. not not force art where there isn't, given some of his stances on his own art in the past. I agree with that. I I think that Freddie is he's very talented with words. And I and I, but I I don't think that he puts a whole lot of thought into it. Gotcha. And so I think you know if you try to break down his lyrics on some double, triple, quadruple entendre shit, yeah. you're probably putting extras on it that he's probably not putting on it. Gotcha. But I do think though that this is a lot more cohesive and coherent than most of his work in the past. Okay. Yeah. I got you. Um, but yeah, what are your lowlights? I. So one of my highlights is the voicemails, but mm-hmm. I do have just some questions okay. about. Some of the people choices, he, he, yeah. Some of the choices. Okay. You know, I. Which ones didn't you like, or, or did you? Jeff have Ross is an interesting choice. Yeah, that was an interesting choice to me too. Joe and, Rogan is an interesting choice. As yo, well. the the Jeff Ross, the specific things said by Jeff Ross were a little questionable to me. Well, I mean, that's his shtick, though, right? He roasts people. That's okay. His thing. Okay. Oh, Je- Je- Jeff Ross is like the self-proclaimed roast king. Okay. Yeah. So that but the whole like, I, I don't know something about like. You know, a white man telling a black person like, "Yeah, you're fucking baby mamas." Like, blah blah. It's like, I don't why do you know, like rabbit so much? Is it because you're hopping out of child support? Exactly. I'm down here with four of your fifteen baby, baby moms. moms. The thing, the reason, the yeah. reason why that and the Joe Rogan choices are interesting. Uh-huh. And Joe Rogan is an interesting character in general, right? Some people have no yes. time for Joe Rogan whatsoever. Right. Um, Some people love this man. I I have time for Joe Rogan. Okay. I do respect the platform, but I also understand he is problematic. Yeah. Right? Yep, yep. Especially when he does his whole like, well, look like I'm just a stupid idiot thing. It's like, no, bro, be more responsible than that. And of course, you do 
I mean, like, look, he, he's a white male. He's going to have a sense of entitlement. So his mm. entitlement to, to express certain ideas without any repercussions is like, is, is problematic. But that being mm. said, though, I do respect. He's like, look, if, so, if there's some controversy, I will give this person three hours to just speak their piece without any asshole um, or virtue signaler coming in here to, to, to soundbite something or take something out of context. Okay. Listen to the whole thing. I respect that, right? The reason why it's an interesting choice to me is because of like, well, the blackest in the room, right? And the blackest in the room is, is so interesting. We'll get to that song, but he's talking about like blackest in the room, like Sam Cooke. Mm-hmm. And then he juxtaposes that with blackest in the room, like Fred Hampton. Mm-hmm. And then he's talking about how like on other songs, he's like, well, um, you know, um, I think it's like the darkest hour or whatever. And he's mm-hmm. like, um, afraid that the cops might kill me because of my dark skin. Yep. To have these white folks, these white yes. folks in particular, yes. particularly Joe Rogan Completely and agree. Jeff Ross, even considering what he's saying, to yep. have that in your voicemail, it's kind of like, are you just kind of, are you trying to be edgy? Like, what is I, that? I, it's an interesting choice. I completely agree with your, with your point, um, overarching. I will say Joe Rogan for white people is very much what Freddie is for black people, okay. which is like, Freddie's whole persona is like, I don't give a fuck. Yeah. And if you get too mad about what it is that I'm saying, you're taking this shit more seriously than I am. Probably. So, so he kind of is able to give himself culpability, but it's very like Dan Blitzerian, yeah. masculine man. I don't give a fuck. I just do whatever the fuck I want. Yeah. And, and some people attach themselves to that identity. And so from that perspective, Joe Rogan and Freddie Gibbs, I get it. No, I get it. You know I get I mean? it as well. Yeah. I still thought that was like, yeah, it's kind of it's kind of interesting. Yeah. But I mean, like Joe Rogan doesn't say anything controversial. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, yeah. in fact, I was entertained by what the he thing had. about I mean, like the mushrooms and yeah. whatever. Like, I, I was like, it's like I just landed in Vegas. My guy came through. I got mushrooms. I got DMT. I got <laughs> Kevlar underwear with uh what do you say? With bulletproof condoms or something. Lisa, I got Kevlar underwear with unlimited bullets or something like that. Mm. Let's fucking go. Whatever it is, it's like, all right, bro. <laughs> and I like how he yeah, started out. Let's fucking go. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it, you know, yeah. it is what it is. So, but uh, that's that's kind of it. I didn't really have yeah. any other low lights. So your low light is some of the choices of the skits. That's yeah, okay. the personalities. Yeah. That's, okay. That's pretty much it. I didn't have any other low lights. So what highlights you got? Um, I mean, so first of all, the features tell me that this is like an, uh, a project that he's taking seriously. We're mm-hmm. already, we, we've already gone through those, but like just, yeah. you know, Kelly Price. Um, I prefer Quavo over Offset, but you know, it's okay. Offset. <laughs> um, Rick Ross. I mean, you know, you see Rick Ross on a project, you're automatically, you you kind of know what to expect, right. but you know, it is what it is. Anderson Park, Raekwon, mm-hmm. DJ, DJ Paul, um, Scarface. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Pusha T is not a name that excites me. Right. And he does his corny Pusha T shit, but then he also delivers a really good verse. Yeah. Which surprised me. And then Music Soul Child's like, oh, that's that's cute. You know, I think like <laughs> Miguel would have been the favorable choice, but all right, let's 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 throw Music Soul Child a bone. Yeah, I think Miguel though, like if I would have seen the name, it would have made more sense. I feel like yeah. with Music Soul Child, it gave me a question mark of like, yeah. I want to hear what this sounds like. like yeah. What is it? What is this? Yeah. So, um, w- one of the things I thought was cool, he did an interview, and I don't remember who what platform it was on, but um, they asked him about the Rick Ross feature, and he was like. Yeah, you know, he's like with Rick Ross. I mean, you know the type of quality he puts out and, you know, the type of quality we put uh, put out together. Like, I just love doing anything with Rick Ross. He said, but I really just got him on my album because I really wanted that Maybach, Maybach. music. <laughs> I saw the same thing. Yeah, he's like, if, I, if a verse bad. comes with it, that's cool. But I just <laughs> right, right. Maybach music. <laughs> um, the, some of the production choices on here. Yep. I mean, you've got, again, you got DJ Paul. Anderson Pac is contributing. 
uh, Justice League. Now that's like Ninth Wonder and them, right? No, no, no. That's that, so. There's Justice League, which are okay. the people that do like the Rick Ross stuff. Oh, and okay, the, the, okay, okay. the band, and then there's Just Us League. G J U S T U S. Okay, and that's Crisis and Ninth Wonder and those guys. Got you. Yeah. Okay. Um. You also have uh, James Blake on here. Interesting mm-hmm. choice. Mm-hmm. Uh. Out. You got Alchemist, Kate Trinata. Yeah. Um, yeah, you, um, Mad Lib is on here. You got yeah. some really, really good uh, production yeah. uh, contributions. And I think in general, the production is good. I mean, one of the things that I like mm-hmm. is I like the fusion of the sound. So I love like yeah. taking a sample and then putting the modern day 808s and like the trap hats on it. Like, uh-huh. I like that shit. Mm-hmm. And then you put in some like high energy brass on top of that. Yeah. That shit fucking works for me. So yeah. that's really, really cool. Completely agree. I Love the incorporation of the Muzak. I think it is perfect. Muzak? So you know what Muzak is, right? Nah. Muzak is like elevator music. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. And the, the way they yeah, incorporate they do that really it throughout, well. that, uh, yeah. throughout this project is great. I mean, you've got I it agree. with like the with the initial the initial yeah. uh, the ladies like welcome to the Triple S Hotel and yeah. and that's 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 like the sound bed for and then he Black like raps room. over it. Yeah, 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 and he raps over it. And then you've got <clears> songs like. Um, What's the DeBar sample? Uh, too much, uh, right? Yeah, the way that love. transitions into yep. the original sample. But Completely then, agree. But it doesn't. It doesn't tr- transition into the DeBars. It transitions into like the Muzak jazz interpretation yep, yep, of that. Yep. Like choices like that, and the way that we, I'm here for all of that. Completely shit. agree. Completely here, agree. here for all of it. So for me, um, that that really really worked well. Mm-hmm. Um, generally speaking, even though I was I questioned those two personalities on those voice notes. Um, I liked the voicemails yep, as well. Yep. And I think that the um I think the balance, while the features are good, mm-hmm. the balance of the features and the solo work I think is perfect. Yeah. Um, because I think sometimes these projects they just they bank on the features. Mm-hmm. This one doesn't bank on the features. The features help the album, but he also has plenty of space for just himself as a solo artist, yeah. which for me really, really works. Yeah. And then like his flow on here is great. Yep. I think is he like the breath control king right now? I mean, like it's crazy. <laughs> like, look, I think mm-hmm. that the thing for me is that like I hear the punches, so I don't necessarily agree with that, but I don't disagree either. Well, Gibbs is an artist for me who I've had a lot more time and energy for in the past couple of years because I always talk about like these Spotify playlists that mm-hmm. I I go through, and his name would pop up. And those were not hip hop songs that I was skipping. Like mm-hmm. I was liking those songs and I was adding them to my playlist yeah. to go back and listen to later. Some of them are on like just my general good playlist. Other others were just on my like my like, you know, kind of depressive mood, like linked kind of like trap energy stuff. And mm-hmm. others were just like a good hip hop playlist. And he's just caught my attention. Um, so I I I, I kind of like Gibbs. And so hearing his flow on this is like I just had a lot more. I wouldn't say patience, but I'm just like a lot more receptive to the to to his positive qualities. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's showcasing that on this album. Yeah. And the other thing, like you said as well, is very personal. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, he's talking about things that I don't necessarily like, but I think he's being honest. Mm. You know, and that's he talked about like that when he has Scarface on his record. He's like, look, Scarface is like the most honest rapper I've ever heard. So mm. like I don't care what anyone has to say. Like, I know if I'm listening to to Scarface, I'm not listening to bullshit. And I feel like he's trying to learn from that and give us just honesty on here. Yeah. And I'm sure he's got some embellishment here and there, but for the most part, it feels very authentic. Yeah. So those are my those are my general over, overarching highlights. Dope. Um, 
I, I have a lot of the same ones. Um, I said I, I, I like the narrator skit theme and how yeah. it's weaved in. Um, the arrangement of both the songs and the album itself. Um, I feel like it stays interesting as it's never predictable. Um, I said the same as as you said, but I guess I, I talked about it a little differently, which is like, I love situations where like you have a sample and then the the producer like deconstructs the sample yeah. where, and then they like, they they take like the musical elements and they carry the musical elements out and remove the sample. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of that like at the yeah. end, end of, of, of songs. I like that a lot. Um, the features, uh, everybody sounds good for the most part. Um, and there were some unexpected ones like Kelly Price and Music yeah. Soul Child. I liked that. Um, length, both yeah. both of the songs and the whole album. Um, both, I'm glad you mentioned that too. It yeah. wasn't just that the album was short. The songs were short. And yeah. I thought that that was smart. Yeah, I thought it was a smart choice too. And like, you know, a lot of the songs were like just one verse yeah. or like you know, um, a verse from him and then just the feature and then it, you know, it rides out and just different stuff like that. He did interesting things with it. Um, And then I have introspection. I feel like this is a lot more introspective than usual from him. Mm. And I think one of the things that he did that was really creative on this is, is in setting the world of the soul sold separately thing, right? He introduces the concept of this bunny rabbit yeah. thing. And he and he's he's had it going for the last two years. All the singles that have led up to this album, including the ones that aren't on here, like the record that he had with Jada and the record that he had with Schoolboy Q, those aren't on here, but he has the bunny rabbit theme. And um, I think it's interesting because, you know, it's almost like, when Eminem ha- came up with Slim Shady, right? Like, it's like you almost create like an avatar version of yourself. And then you're able to like talk about that that avatar version of yourself like you're outside of yourself. Yeah. And I feel like he used that to be a lot more introspective than he had in the past. Mm. And also, you know, if you know a little bit about gangs in the Midwest, like the Vice Lords use the, the, the Playboy Bunny as like like one of their symbols. Oh, so okay. like the fact that he as a Vice Lord was kind of able to like use a Vice Lord symbol, but then do it like in his own way yeah. was interesting in the same way that like Nipsey with the, with the Rolling 60s stuff would kind of incorporate that into his persona. So I like gotcha. that. Um, and then last was videos. Oh, I didn't um, see any of the videos. There were videos leading all the way up to this. Uh, the last video that I saw was the video for, um, I think it was space rabbit and like i thought that it was just so so creative so like the the concept of the video and i'm gonna butcher it so feel free to kill me in the um in the comments folks because i've only seen it once but basically the the concept of the of the video is like freddie gibbs is 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 on a on a spaceship and he lands he lands coming from some other planet he lands in what looks like a desert so you're basically this is vegas right so he lands and it's him and this rabbit, like this person in a rabbit costume. And so they, 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 you know, they land and they're taking off all their like their their astronaut gear or whatever. And they walk through this desert and then they end up at a chapel, like one of these like Vegas, you know, get married chapels or whatever. Yeah. And so like when they get there, this black woman is marrying this dude. I, I think it might be like a white dude or something like that. But uh, the chick is like, I don't know, maybe like one of his, ex- you, you, you're kind of like, maybe she's one of his exes. Maybe she's some some chick that he smashed before or something like that. I don't know. But he gets there with this rabbit and him and the rabbit are dapping people up. They're, they're doing whatever. So like whenever the like the, the groom like kind of turns his head, Freddie's like slapping her ass, like the wife's ass, all this other <laughs> shit. So then like at some point, Freddie and the and the rabbit dapper everybody up. They pull up, they pull the six four up and then 
the Freddie gets in with the with the with the bride in the passenger seat, and the and the rabbit is in the back with with uh, like one of the bridesmaids or something like that. So they they peel out, and it's like this whole night of like them just just straight debauchery like you know they're they're doing coke the rabbits doing coke with them the chicks are twerking they're doing all this crazy stuff and then at the very end of the video um freddie gibbs wakes up and um and everybody's gone the girls gone the girls are gone the the rabbit's gone everybody's gone and then he goes and he's like you know he's fucked up he had a crazy night he looks at himself in the mirror and then you see the rabbit mask in the mirror so it was like the whole time it was all him like mm. he was the rabbit doing all this crazy shit or whatever. Yeah. So I thought that was just really, really creative. Which song was that for? Space Rabbit. Oh, Space Rabbit? Yeah, I like that song. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I just I think like the way he kind of has weaved this rabbit thing into his, you know, his persona and like the delivery of the concept of this album, I thought was ingenious. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So let's get into our track for track analysis. Let's do it. And this is not a highlight for you. Couldn't be done. It's, I mean, it's a highlight, I guess. I, I'm just hating. Um, I think, you know, the one thing that I'll say is I think my song's better. But, of course, it's okay. about my life and not his. So, there's that. Um, but I do like how, like, I like how he, they weaved in, like, kind of trap drums and stuff like yeah. that. Um, because they did not do that on mine. Um, also, I like that they had those kind of... Um, those like orchestra stabs, dum 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 dum, yeah, yeah, yeah. like yeah, that. Because yeah, yeah. that's not a part of this sample. That's somebody, whoever the producer is, added that. Yeah. Um, and then I like how Kelly Price is like almost like tacked on to the end. Like she's not like like she's not the hook. She just kind of has her own verse at the end. Yeah. And then I also like how like Freddie Gibbs is rapping about how he's selling cocaine and all this other stuff. Yeah. And then. Kelly Price comes on and she's like, without you by my side, Jesus, I'm going to ride. I love that. Because it's like, yeah. she made it her own meaning. His meaning is, yeah, they said it couldn't be done, but bitch, I, I sold mad coke. <laughs> Fuck y'all. And then Kelly Price was like, yeah, but Jesus, like, you know, I love that. Um, I love I love the part that they kept in where Freddie Gibbs kind of tries to sing a little bit, mm -hmm. but then like he realizes that he fucking sucks and then Kelly Price comes in. I love that. I love his sense of humor. I just think this is great. She comes in, she takes us to church, she yeah, brings us home. Yeah, I, I, I like this shit. Yeah, it was almost my highlight of highlights. It's not. Really? It was almost. Yeah. But uh, I, yeah, I love this intro. Yeah. I, 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 I don't I, have anything to add. I wrote a couple of these. So, so first of all, I think that if one of the things that I love about Freddie Gibbs is he's 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 clearly you know a serious person. He's clearly clearly a, a street person, a gang member, whatever. But he has a fucking hilarious sense of humor, mm. and I love when it comes through in certain places. So like that part where he's kind of singing or whatever, like yeah. that that made me laugh. Um, so I like that. But I like uh, this particular bar where he says they tried to play us because the Jacksons barely came to visit, and I love that just because. So Freddie Gibbs might be the first artist maybe that I know from Gary. Yeah. But like Gary, as a kid who grew up in Chicago, Gary has a very, very linked history with, with uh, Chicago. But one of the things that you always hear is like, Michael Jackson's like the only fucking famous person from Gary because yeah. there's just not a lot to Gary, yeah. right? And so like, I love how he kind of weaves the Jacksons um, and the Jacksons story mm -hmm. into his story um, throughout this album. The thing I thought about that was clever is first of all, Jackson's is also perhaps a double entendre for money, right? Jackson's $20 yeah. bill. But I was like, no, nah, I'm probably reading nah, too much yeah, into I that. Think so. But the thing that I enjoyed about that was the idea. And again, this is me inserting art where the artist probably did not, did not even intend it, right? Mm -hmm. But the idea that you come from a place 
And when you go out and you make it big and you do tours, you don't even come back to perform there. Yeah. That was interesting. I'm yeah. not sure if that was intentional or not, but yeah. that's what I took from it. Yeah. One I, of the things I took from I, it. I think so. And I think, I think, you know, in in like I can understand and relate to what he's saying. Like I like one of the reasons I'm IE, IE all over my music is because like there's not that many people that are from there. And so yeah. like when you come from a place that people make fun of or people don't really have much to say about it, I feel like it gives you an extra kind of chip on your shoulder. And I hear that chip all over his shoulder on this album, and I love it. Gotcha. All right. Well, that transitions very smoothly into Black is in the Room. And this is where we first get our little music, and we get uh, we get our host, our narrator, yeah. with a welcome to the Triple S Hotel. Love it. Please pay attention to all our options since our selections have changed. <laughs> Those little London accents, or British, whatever accent it is. Yeah. I don't know what it, where it's from, but... It reminds me a lot of uh, what Tribe Called Quest did, yeah. right? Um, and I yeah. think that that's probably where they took that concept from. I think so. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is this is really good. I, I love the you know the transition between the music and then the you know the, the trap beat. Yeah. But then um, also he had a line here that I liked where he said, uh, "Cut off all my bitches from last year. I cleaned my roster up. A nigga did the rebuild. Tons on the skizel. I was like, yeah. I just started laughing. He said, "Tons on the skizel shows I need a hundred fifty thousand like I'm Ezel, which I thought was great. And then he had the like hundred fifty thousand. <laughs> well, we can sell our court right now for twenty bucks. Yeah. So nah. you wrote that one down. Too. I wrote it down yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. I loved it. Um, I think I completely agree with you. That transition from where it's elevator music. And I've never heard the term music before, but yeah, I think of it as elevator that's fine, music. That's fine. It's the same yeah. thing. So it's elevator music. He starts rapping over the elevator music and then it transitions to this like kind of trap inflected yeah. alchemist beat, but he's he's rapping perfectly on time in it. I love it. Um, I loved Black is in the room like I'm Sam, Sam Cook at the Fountain Blue. Mm -hmm. Black, Black is in the room like I'm Sam Cook at the, the Copa. Copa. Like just, I, he, I just really, really love like where he took this joint. But then he references that again, and he's talking about the flip side of that, right? Where mm -hmm. Black, Black is in the room like Fred Hampton. Right. Um, I forget the line, but he's talking about you know they they, they gonna shoot me up, and he says something else yeah. as well. And I was like, yeah, I mean that's just you know, uh, just the different sides of that. I appreciated yeah. it. Yeah, no, that's super dope. I like I like this joint a lot. Um, so yeah, so first two tracks are highlights for me. Then we get into yeah. Pain and Strife featuring Offset. Mm -hmm. Um, this is Gibbs doing his best bone impression on the hook for sure. <laughs> Gotta <laughs> yeah. make this money, money, man, money, man. So so Gibbs is very influenced by Midwest, but particularly Bone. Gotcha. Um, and they're and from they're from Cincinnati. Uh, no, they're from Cleveland. Cleveland? Yeah. Okay. Um, but but yeah. Sorry. It's all good. No, no, but but, no, no, but Midwest, you know. And so like, but I do love how you can tell he's influenced by kind of East Coast boom bap um, on some records, but then mm -hmm. other records, he'll give that real, that Midwest yeah. influence. Um, and I, I really like um, kind of how he, how he did that here. Yeah. Um, I didn't necessarily feel like he said much on this particular record or that the record was about all that much. But I do love like how the instrumental breaks down at the end and then you know with the with the instrumentation again um and really i really love everything about this except i'm i'm cool without offset like i didn't necessarily need him this was not a highlight for me um okay. it's not a low light i don't have any low lights on the album um it's not yeah. a highlight for me uh offset wasn't great like i said i prefer quavo um mm -hmm. i actually like quavo yeah and yeah, the, the beat was cool. I, I appreciated the transition at the end more than I appreciated the, the beat itself. Yeah. Um, it's it's a, it's a fine song. It's yeah, cool. Yeah. It's not one of my highlights, but yeah, it's cool. Gotta make that money, man. Yeah. Money, man. Um, but then we get into zipper bags, and so we have our uh, Kei Yeah. Production. It's yeah. interesting because 
this beat doesn't scream Catronata to me. Like, it does I, like not. if you, if it I didn't read not. that it was him, I wouldn't have thought that it was him. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, but I do love like that. That almost that sample at first almost sounds like it'd be like like a Ninth Wonder sample, a little mm, bit with like that okay. the vocal, the yeah, or something. I don't know. Um, but this was a highlight for me. Um, it's kind of it kind of has uh oh, there's that UGK sample. Yeah, from, I think the it's Pepsi from on Scissor. Okay. Yeah, and then uh, it's just got a great vibe and an arrangement to it. Yeah. One of the things I love is how he like. Weaves the verses in with the refrains and yeah, so this was a highlight for me. I didn't have much else to add to it. What about you? Yeah, I agree. I really like the Pimp C vocals at the end. Yeah. Um, and I like the I like, like you said, like this is his like melodic, like bone inspired flow, so it's kind yeah. of for both. And so you, he's got the I don't feel right. Yeah, so it just has a good bounce to it. It's not like, again, not saying anything insane. I will say, you know, I've never sold drugs before, um, you know, so, but but I do, you know, I feel like I'm following his story. Yeah. And, it, and he does a good job of weaving his story and his experience into like this record. I agree with that. Yeah. So now we're getting into to Too Much featuring Moneybag Yo. Mm -hmm. And this was probably the only feature I didn't like. Really? I mean, I look because I think you thought that, Offset was better than this. Yeah, well, because I think on too much like Gibbs is really going at it with the yeah, flow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Moneybag Yo can is not. not keep up. Yep, that's true. You know what I mean? So because of that, like Offset mm. doesn't got you. He, he doesn't jar you in that. Yeah. Way. Whereas Moneybag Yo is like, yo, you really can't keep up on this track. Yeah. Um, because of that, it's not a highlight. Mm. I'm fine with the sample. Um. Uh, again, though, I like. I'm more in love with how they transition the sample out of the song. I love it too. Versus how they use the sample to make the beat itself. Yeah. But it was it was fine. It wasn't a highlight for me. Although the, I do think his flow. I I think he was just on one with this. This is a highlight for me. Gotcha. Um, I absolutely. I mean, you you. My favorite group or one of my favorite groups is Switch. I love the DeBarges. I love their mm -hmm. whole family. I love everything they've ever done. So. You know, all this love as a sample, I yeah. love. There, there's a song uh, by AZ called Problems. Uh, oh, where yeah, yeah, I yeah. love I love that record. Problems, yeah. yeah, I love this joint. So um, I love this beat. I, I, In fact, I, I wrote, this beat makes me want to do the Ric Flair dance. <laughs> <laughs> I just love it. I love this beat. This beat is great to me. Um, this sample is amazing. Freddie's flow is yeah. fucking impeccable on this joint. The um, and the hook is great. Too much. I be fucking other niggas bitches too much. And and there's a video for this one as well. I haven't I don't think I've seen it, but I do know that there is one. All right. Uh so now we get into uh Lobster Omelette featuring mm. Rick Ross. Yeah. Is this a highlight for you? Yeah, but mostly because of the transition of the last song to yeah. this song. And so, like, similar to what you were saying, I just fucking love how the song transitions. The transitions are really good. Yeah. I was excited to hear Rick Ross. And when you hear the song, it sounds like Rick Ross would be great on it. Sure. He's fine. I've heard better Rick Ross contributions than this one. I agree. But so, I, I am, you know, I am somebody who is Jake One Hive. Gotcha. So like, there's two producers that can do no wrong for me. Jake One is one of them, and Bink is the other one. Like, the, you know, those two, those two guys. Anything, anytime their name's there, I'm gonna love it. So, uh, you know, this is this is a a, a Bink beat. I mean, a, a J One Jake One beat. Um, and then, man, like, Freddie Gibbs, his flows mm. and his content are great here. So, I mean, I personally love Freddie Gibbs uh, on here. Gotcha. The Rick Ross, I, I could do without. I, I wrote down a couple of lines here. Um, so he says, in my neighborhood, you was either five or six. You had to choose. 
Yeah. And, fo- and them folks in them were stealing my starter jacket and my shoes. They laughing at me at school, so I moved. I ain't got shit to lose. That particular four bars is like the most relatable shit I've ever heard from. Him. What did you take from you had to, you could either be five or six, you had to choose? So, what did he mean by that? Talking I, about Midwest gangs. Oh, okay. So okay, basically, okay, okay. Um, so basically, Freddie's a, a vice lord, right? Gotcha. And so, vice lords, um, vice lords are their symbol is a five point star. Gotcha. Um, and then folks. They're, are their enemies and their gang symbol is a six point star so basically he's saying he's saying in his neighborhood you had to be either a vice lord or folks gotcha. and and if you didn't choose you was gonna get beat up every day which which gotcha. takes me back to like what we were talking about with the dog pound um album gotcha. where i'm saying some of these neighborhoods you you kind of like unless you want to get fucked up every day like you kind of have to join a gang gotcha. and that's basically what he's saying his story his story is right so he's he comes from a neighborhood where He's getting beat up every day or whatever. They're they're stealing his shit, and the people who were doing that are the folks. Because he says the sixes. The fo- he said the folks stole his starter jacket and his shoes. He had to move, so he moves to another neighborhood and he joins the vice lords. Gotcha. Right. So that whole story makes so much sense, and I and it takes me back to being a young kid growing up in in Chicago. You know, and so in my school, starter jackets were the thing. And right for I everywhere think pretty much everywhere starter jackets were the thing and and niggas were getting killed for them so like yeah, so there that. was a period of time where there were two starter jackets that were banned from my school you couldn't wear a chicago bull starter jacket because because niggas would kill you for it and like kids were either getting killed or beat up really bad That's the other one and, Cowboys? and then and the other one was actually washington bullets and the re- oh. and the reason was because because it was bullets yeah. there was a gang that was that was in my area that co-opted the bullets coats and they would you know they would wear them and if, if other people were wearing them they would you know like take them I would have suspected the well I guess you didn't have ice lords in Chicago but Dallas has five stars oh well that's what I would have suspected yeah that yeah was. yeah no, that's why we, I said Cowboys yeah yeah no that makes sense that makes sense I think the Cowboys were so big because yeah. it was 90s you also had the Dallas uh, Stars is it yeah. as well that's true that's they true they had the same logo I think the stars were co-opted more for Vice Lords than the um, gotcha the, and it, but it was the UNLV the UNLV oh, uh, shit that, yeah, would, that yeah, the Vice yeah, Lords yeah. Would, would wear the most but anyway gotcha. so yeah this whole shit was fucking relatable as shit to me I like this verse a lot yeah, yeah. Um, and then you know Freddie being known as this Vice Lord it, I, I feel like this gives you the storyline of before that, right? Because most people, when they rap from the perspective of being in a gang, they're so invulnerable, right? Like, it's just like, yeah, don't fuck with me, I'll kill you. But here he's telling you this story of like, before he was in the gang, what happened and like what led him to where he ended up being. Gotcha. So yeah, I love this joint. This this, this Freddie performance is immaculate to me. Um, it's one of the best verses from him on here um, to me. So yeah, anything else about this song? Uh no no, but we go into uh, Space Rabbit and you were just yeah. grabbing the video. Um, yeah, this is a yeah. highlight for me. Okay, what I love the beat. I love this beat too. Yeah, this is just it. It just is that tripped out vibe. They're just like yeah, Space Rabbit. Like I kind of feel like I could be like in a video game doing whatever. Yeah, like I feel like this production and and the story he's telling you takes you into this world, like his his world. You know yeah. what I mean? Again, you have like the verses and the hooks blending together very, very well. But it just yeah. is very atmospheric without yep. without trying too hard to be atmospheric. Agreed. Um, Agreed. It's just, boy it's Wonder just put his foot in this beat. Yeah, Boy Wonder. Yeah. Um, I think the drums are great on this yeah, beat. Yeah, they are. Um, but um, I, I like his story here, right? So like I said, this is he's very introspective on this yeah. album. So he says, uh, I remember back when I used to want to be G-Unit. 
Record labels, record labels said I sound like Buck. They had yeah. the young rabbit fucked up. Yeah. And it's funny because then I thought about it and I'm like, I think it does kind of sound yeah. like Buck. I never would have thought of it, but he does. And it makes me think about, you know, being a young artist and trying to come up and like people not understanding or seeing your vision. Yeah. And then like, you're trying to tell them like, I could be all this great shit. And in their mind, they only see what already exists. Right. And so like, I really like that. And then I liked his whole like, um, Cocaine City, Code is a Dope Fiend, Titty. Uh, that that joint, because it tells you that he's influenced by AZ, right? Mm. I want Cheddar so I can front up in the 850. My whole committee like the Puff L's and Lil Jiggy. Mm. Who want, oh, you know what I mean? Like like that um, that East Coast yeah, yeah, influence. Yeah. Uh, you kind of hear it on this record. Yeah. And then you get the Jeff Ross skit at the end. Jeff Ross kid. Yeah, I mean, look, that's, that's his whole spiel. It's just like cracking jokes. Like, and when you roast, like... You don't hold anything back. Like, you can be as fucked up and offensive as you want to be. So, it's just, it is what it is. Yeah. So, I did, I did laugh though when he says, like, come on, I need you. I got, you, I got you on a spot on the comedy tour opening up for TI. I started laughing. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. That was funny. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yes, yeah, so now we get into Feel No Pain. And this is yeah. uh, Anderson Pac and Ray Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I dug this. I'm not sure. Who is the main producer on this? I know that Anderson Park contributes a little bit to it. J Pounds. So it is J Pounds? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What did you what do you think about this one? I like this joint a lot. Um, I think the Anderson Park hook is great. Yeah, it um, is good. It, he actually sounds a little like most deaf on this to me. Um, do you know oh, the, yeah. Do you know the song Good Night by by uh Kanye West and uh and and Most Def? I'm sure it I was the bonus it. song on graduation. It's one of my favorite songs by by uh Kanye. You but, played it for me before. Yeah, I have. And so, um, but he sent his voice. He sounds like most on on this joint. For he, that that hook sounds similar to it. Um, I think this is the most nuclear song here, mm. and and it's was well, right in the middle of the album too. It's perfect, and I think like it's interesting. Raekwon's on here because yeah. you almost don't even need him. Yeah. Like it feels refreshing to hear his voice. Yeah. But like by that time, I already love the song. I don't even yeah. need you know Raekwon. On I love that it's Raekwon and not Ghost because I feel okay. like Ghost is probably the more obvious choice but it's like nah like you gotta respect Raekwon as well. Yeah. I love the bass line on here. It sounds almost like that Rizza Razor Sharp bass oh, line. Okay okay. Um, but the other thing too I, I love Anderson Park. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I love how he's just so fluid and so flexible and adaptable like yeah. he's not a rapper but he raps a lot. Yeah. And it's perfect. He's you so know good. what I mean? Um, he's so good. So that's a, that's a highlight for me. Now we get into yeah. Rabbit Vision. Yeah. Um, and again, on all these songs that are entitled Rabbits, this is mm-hmm. where he's got like the weird people in the voicemail. So this one is where you got Joe Rogan at the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he says, uh, um, a lot of shit broke my heart, but it fixed my vision. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, uh, highlight for you? Yeah. Gotcha. I don't have much to, uh, much to say about this. It wasn't a highlight. Um, it wasn't yeah. one of the standout tracks for me. But again, yeah. I, I still like the song though. I love the song. And I think the reason is... <laughs> I think the reason is, as I, I mentioned before, right? Like, Freddie's not usually the most um, the most introspective, mm. and he doesn't give you a whole lot of like shit that's like specifically about something. Yeah, like most of Freddie's music is mostly just about the that he incorporates, and he's great at incorporating different flows. But this is the story that you know. This is the age old. It was all good just a week ago yeah. on a Jay Z album, right? Like where he's telling you the story of. Yo, yeah, I'm a drug dealer or whatever, but like now my boy snitched on me, and yeah. like this is this is what what this you know feels like, and and you know I like the um you know a lot of shit it broke my heart, but it fixed my vision, you know what I mean? Because it's just like 
you know, coming up, you have this expectation that you all are going to, you know, you're going to ride forever and all this other stuff. And then you see, you know, nah, my man's like, it's acting funny type of a deal. So I thought that was great. I love Justice League always. So I was happy for the Justice League feature. And then this is also the song where he addresses the Jeezy thing, right? Because yeah. because when, when Freddie Gibbs first came in to major labels, he was Jeezy's label. He was on CTE. And then there was like this big, you know, battle where then all of a sudden he had beef with Jeezy. He's dissing Jeezy on every project. They're talking, you know, he's saying all this stuff. And so this is the one where he like, you know, admits his own wrongs, right? And he's like, yo, I was immature. Um, I had to grow, etc. I liked that a lot. And then lastly, I really I liked that line too. And lastly, the one I really liked was um treated this rap game like it's like it's 2300 Jackson Street. I rap my way about the G. And I love that because it's again a, a nod to you know the, the the Jacksons and how you know the Jacksons came from Gary and they basically had to create a hustle to get themselves out of the hood. Yeah. So I, I thought that that was really really dope. Gotcha. Yeah. Um. Now we get into uh, is it PYS? Yeah. Featuring uh, DJ, DJ Paul. Paul. Is that Face Slut? What is it? What is PYS? I don't remember because the, the, they, they say it all throughout the song, but I don't remember. Yo, slut. Yeah, some shit like that. Anyway, it's my highlight of highlights. Really? You know I love this. I know, you know you I love, love DJ this Paul. Shit. Yeah, I and three six. I know you. Yeah. Like I mean, I, look, I'm not, I you don't even know what it's called, but it's your favorite. I never even purchased a three six album. I'm not going to, right? Uh, but uh, like, when they hit a vibe, they hit a vibe. Yeah. And this track hits a vibe, and I just, I love it. Like that they they sample like that old hook from the '90s or whatever, uh-huh. um, and then they they put it in with this contemporary beat. And it's got the twang on there, and you got mm-hmm. you don't even need Jazzy J. You just got DJ Paul on there just doing it. Um, yeah, I, I I just I fucks with the vibe of this track. Yeah. I don't really, I didn't even really write much notes other than this is just my <laughs> highlight of highlights. I love this song. Yeah, I personally love the musical timbre change. Yeah. Like, you know, you kind of, you start with these like more like kind of soulful things. And then this is like, you know, it pulls you out into this like the three, six world. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Freddie just, you know, he just is right, right in, in with it. Like he in pocket. Like it's not like it does from him, from him. It doesn't even sound like he's out of his element yeah. or wheelhouse at all. He just immediately just jumps in and, and starts killing it with the melodic flow and then we get you know a dj paul verse as well here um and i thought and, it was decent yeah yeah, yeah, yeah and it was cool good, so good I, I enjoyed it yeah uh so now we get into another highlight for me and this is uh dark hearted yep i play the top and never jam yeah he um look you got james blake on the on the production which i right. thought is a really clever choice yep but he says uh dirty dirty 30 in my hands shoot him up if he ain't doa we shoot up the ambulance mm-hmm. i was like yo that's that's some cold-blooded shit right Hell there, yeah. Like, oh, he didn't die? Oh, fuck. Shoot, those, <laughs> shoot them who are trying to help him out, too. Like, that's that's real cold-blooded. That was Vice Lord shit. Yeah. Um, but this is this is a, this is a highlight for me. Um, yeah. Do you have anything to add to this one? I just like a lot what the record is doing musically. Um, yeah. And I feel like Freddie just is, like, really skating on this flow-wise. Yeah. Like, he's, he's really, really, really good at finding pockets and just, you know, flowing, switching up the flows, et cetera. Uh, the record is really dark, but it, it really kind of tells you more about really who dark, he yeah. is as a man. Um, and then this ends with like another where it's like a musical break of the of the instrumentation where the instrumentation flows out of the sample. Yeah. I, I love that. Gotcha. Um, so now we get into Gold Rings featuring Pusha T. Yeah. Days of Our Pies. That shit was so corny to me when he I said that. I was corny too. Um, his flow is actually, his verse actually on here is pretty decent. So first, okay. Before we get into the Pusha T, mm-hmm. um, yeah. 
Freddie Gibbs is is Jack in the uh, the me and my bitch flow, mm-hmm. and he doesn't try to hide it either, right? Like he's he's obviously referencing me and my bitch from Biggie, um, but there was a couple lines in here that he said that I that really stuck out to me. Mm-hmm. Oh, he says, "Loudest nigga in the room, you ain't a killer, you a cartoon," mm-hmm. which reminds me of American Gangster when Denzel's mm-hmm. speaking to his brother. He said, yeah. "Like you're wearing a clown suit." Right. He's like, "The loudest one in the room is the weakest one in the room." Right. That shit actually hit me in the heart when I heard it the first time when Denzel <laughs> said it because I used to dress. We'll just say flashier. Okay. Right? Like, I used to have, like, fedoras and, like, these collars that were popped up, like, whatever. I was, like, 23, 24 years old. I heard that shit, and I calmed it down. <laughs> calmed it down. But when I hear Freddie Gibbs say it, it reminds me of that. Yeah. And he also says, um, I love this line. It's like, uh, bet I won't pay them bitches back. I play my cards with the cartel. I forget how he sets yeah. up the line. It's like, I play my cards with, with the, the cartel. cartel. I like I that. I was like, oh, okay. That's... That's you hard if you gonna yeah. if you gonna go that route. I think he said to pay them bitches back. I I played my cards with the cartel. cartel. So basically, like yeah. yeah, I had to deal to to you know to recoup and shit. Yeah. Um. But no, I, I think that uh, I like these opening bars from Pusha, even though like he, the way he comes on the mic is so fucking corny. It's like my cocaine novella. Yeah. These are the days of our, shut up. I shut agree. up. But but. So many RNs I done made, waitresses I done saved, the blow drop off for bitches who ain't learned to braid, matured all the sorors and every AKA, Michelle's blueprint showed the era in the ways. For whatever reason, it just kind of stuck out to me, but like, yeah, the waitresses he done saved, like, I I, I don't know, I get it. And then the okay. women who didn't learn to braid, I don't know, it stood out to me. I, I thought it was I thought it was a good opening to his verse. I think a lot of, you know, I, I saw a lot of fanfare around this verse. People were excited about it. It didn't really do it for me. I think this, to me, this felt, like, again, like, you know, kind of the pusher that is more um, impressed with himself than I am with him. Well, um, yeah, that's just <laughs> pusher in general. Yeah, I think that I did like the uh, I am the street dream Nas with the cummerbund just because it's like, oh, that's that's a cute like reference to a, you yeah. know, a Nas that we all know. But I don't, I didn't think that this pusher verse was all that personally. But at the end, though, we have the guy, uh, his name is Gerald Slink Johnson. He's the guy who played like Jesus in that like yeah, Perry yeah, sitcom yeah, or whatever. Exactly. Like, it's Jesus. I just came down from the mountains smoking some some kush with these white boys. I want to light it up with you. Talk to me. Tell me your problems, Fred. <laughs> it's Jesus. <laughs> I got a kick out of that. I, I like this beat a lot. Um, I like the, you know, that that like heart sample. And I want to just say that Seven Thomas, the dude who he's done a, a few of the beats on here, and I've liked every single one that he's done on here. So I need to gotcha. I need to do my research a little bit more and know a bit more about what else he's done. But um, and I like in Freddie's verses how he had the um and we won't stop knocking till the top some cops come knocking and the beat follows that yeah, cadence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he does it like two or three times in his verse, and I like that as well. All right. So now we get into Grandma Stove featuring music soul child. Highlight? Yeah. It's a highlight for me, but man, I gotta say, this song is fucking tragic. Yeah. I smoked the blunt to take the pain out. And if I wasn't high, I'd probably try to blow my brains out. On my grandma's stove, I drained the pot and scooped the cane out. And I can't write my raps because the, the tears might flood the page out. Mm-hmm. The whole song is just fucking tragic as hell. <laughs> it's really sad, yeah. but it's a highlight. It's really good. Yeah. This was the record that actually, I guess, kind of got him in trouble with uh, with his baby mom. Cause, um, oh, really? He has some bars in here where he says... Um, yeah, you talk about his personal situation for sure. Yeah, he says, uh, we could have fixed the shit between us, but I was fighting my demons. Yeah. I never knew shit would lead us to child support subpoenas. And then he says, uh, if it wasn't me, it'd be an athlete or another artist, yeah. right? 
So he like calls her out and then she hops on online and she's like basically like, yo, I'm minding my own business. Like, you know, you, you're a deadbeat dad, whatever, whatever. Like you need to get get up out, out of here, whatever. Um, Which is interesting because I, I, I'm kind of of two minds with it, right? Like, number one, I, you know, I like that the artist is giving us some introspection and telling us a bit more about their story and their perspective on their story. But the, the second, which is, I think is the more prevalent mind is like, I, I can't necessarily feel sorry for these people who go out and target groupies and then get mad at them for being groupies. Like, yeah. they, like they find a woman who they think is unscrupulous and then they go and they have a child with that person. And then they're like, yo, well, she's a groupie. And it's like, well, then, bro, like, why did you see that I felt the person? same way. Yeah, so I'm like, okay, I get yeah. it, but I don't. So, anyway. He did say another line as well, and I'm sure I'm going to butcher it. Um, it says, all my niggas' energy is rap, sell dope. Ducking the Reaper ain't no sleeping when you juggling both. My amigo told me fuck the rap shit because that shit was a joke. Lambo can't get me in the booth. I get my hair on a bulk. The idea that, like, you know, the energy is rap or sell dope. Mm -hmm. uh, trying to juggle the two, I thought was like, oh, I, I get where you're coming from there. Yeah. Like, I mean, not in the sense of I understand it because I do mm -hmm. live that life, but I'm just saying, like, yeah. I feel what he's saying. Yeah. And I like the origin story parts too, right? So at the beginning of the verse, he starts with, um, he says something about like, the shows was hella empty, but fuck it, I got my niggas in. Yeah. And I feel like I, I could really relate to that. Just, you know, I mean, because I remember the time frame when he was coming up and like, I was making music in these times too, you know, in 2010 and, you know, these like kind of early times of, of Freddie Gibbs, like 2010 to 2012, maybe. Um and it was like Freddie was one of many of these artists that were kind of trying to come up. And and I mean, that is that is the grind, right? And it's like, okay, well, you know, there might not be, I might not be rocking a stadium, but like I'm doing something that I love and my friends are able to to, to hear me do it. And that's good enough for me. And so I like, I like that, you know, that kind of story of a come up and then, you know, him talking about his, his things of like then. He meets the baby mom and then, you know, doesn't know that it's going to become this tragic yeah. story that it is and et cetera. And he had another bar that I really like. And it's not even a bar bar, but it's just um, the saddest part about success is that the hate come from it. Yeah. And I thought that that was dope, too, because then he he kind of lands on like, OK, you know, I had I had this origin story where I went through all this stuff and now I'm where I wanted to be. But then at the same time, like, I'm still not happy. I'm still miserable because of these other things, yeah. you know. And then the, the music Soul Child feature was a little interesting. Like it was, it was odd, but at the same it time, I, I, it worked. Yeah, yeah, I liked it. Yeah. So, um, so now we get into CIA crack ram and AIDS. <laughs> Mike check, check, check. Mike check, check, check. Mike check, check. This check. is the most Freddie Gibbs song on here. Oh, he's what, got What'd you think of there. it? Yeah. I like it. It's a highlight for me. Yeah. I liked it. Um, I thought the messaging w was good and appropriate. Mm -hmm. The idea of kids kids you know whatever uh killing someone for clout and then posting it up on the on the gram yeah um i mean i feel like we've seen some of that shit in real life i mean yeah i won't call it no names but the dude who had fuck it whatever bobby Schmurder, right like uh -huh. they got in trouble for that shit mm -hmm. right like they did some dirt in the street and they literally put it in the song the cops were like uh no we didn't have these details so um yeah you're going to jail what about the nigga that made the song he killed he killed his mans and then he made a song while he was running from the cops called uh the race did the race and then was posting on instagram of himself and all these different places like yo the cops can't catch me i'm still free i'm at this place <laughs> you know what i'm saying like that's just the era we in bro like it's yo, insane it's just it's insane like it's just a fucking game like yeah. it's a joke 
And the, the thing that is tragic to me, and this is a little bit of a tangent, it's just that like, I'm not judging anyone for, for this shit. It's just like life is so much more precious and valuable to that. And to live your life this way means that for whatever reason, and this is why I'm saying I'm not going to judge anybody, but for whatever reason, there is that disconnect between you living your life and actually what you value from life. Like mm -hmm. the, the, the things that can come from life. Mm -hmm. And the fact that like that shit is a game and that shit's fun to you. Right? Like it's, and it's not even like, maybe you're a sociopath who just doesn't care about this. Well, that things, kid probably is. May, and maybe yeah, he was. Yeah. Maybe he was. But it's just like, it's just, uh, I don't know. It's sad, man. It's just, it's, we're in the attention era, you know, and it's, I mean, that, that individual that we started the show talking about, you know, is, is a good example, yeah. right? That's somebody that's older than we are, but at the same time, is it? attention sure? is... Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you know, I mean, this is somebody who's who's, like uh, who's you know older than us, but attention is so important to them that you know they're willing to do anything out here to try to get it. Uh, and uh, but but I think I, I think the thing I like the most to you know back to this song about this kind of crack Instagram and AIDS thing, right? Is that it it fucks with like um, a, a, a black conspiracy theory yeah. uh, you know and it turns it on its head so you know the the conspiracy theory right is in that that black folks talk about in the in in the barbershops and you know sitting around while they're getting their hair braided is like yo the cia put put crack in the community and you know they they gave us aids you know they, they invented this shit to try to kill us all off or mm -hmm. whatever right and so i like how gives is kind of weaving well instagram into yeah. this kind of already conspiracy theory that we have i enjoy that yeah Nah, so it's definitely a highlight for me. Yeah. And then we get into it. We close it out with Decoded featuring Scarface. Yeah. Scarface, the cheat code. Um, yeah. Not, not his best contribution, but I don't care. It's Scarface. Yeah. I agree. Know? I agree. It's just, I like that he's there more than I like the song itself. Yeah. Um, I also thought it was an interesting choice, like kind of as a closer, because it didn't make me feel like, oh, wow, we landed. Yeah. But um, I do like Dahi. And I like the choice of, of having Dahi as a producer on this, on this joint, because he's just... Like the things that he chooses in terms of the sounds and stuff like that, like his production is so like kind of sparse and minimalist, but then he has like just certain interesting choices that really draw you in as a producer. So shout out to Dahi. I, I like this record. Okay. Well, I think that should wrap it up for our 10 second take on um, on Freddie Gibbs, uh, Soul Sold Separately, yeah, which yeah. you don't think the theme landed? I think it landed well enough. I like it, but I mean, you know, I the same criticism I have for all of Freddie Gibbs projects like this is the most conceptual album that he's ever had and it still to some degree comes off like a charcuterie board to me mm, like it's okay. you know there's there's kind of these disparate concepts that Yo, you I'm have to connect the charcuterie <laughs> you, you you have to connect the dots yourself that's got gotcha. you yeah. okay um well yeah uh, let us know what you think about the album um yo all right here's a question go ahead. if you had to give this album a rating on the outlaw scale. I don't know if that's one okay, to five. Yeah, I don't yeah. know if that's one to 10, whatever it is. Just off the top of your head, what would you give it? I'd give it a four out of five. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, it's tough for me to assess something in a week. Yeah. And obviously it's weighted heavily towards my, I guess, takes on modern music. Mm -hmm, which, mm -hmm. And I've said this before. One of the reasons why I love Anderson Park is because I don't have to make any concessions. Right. And I think when I listen to a lot of today's music, regardless yeah. of the genre, I have to make a lot of concessions, right? Yeah. Um, so, you know, I'm rating it on that scale. So I think four out of five is very solid. But yeah. that being said, though, like, 
He's doing so many musical things in yeah. between the lines yeah. that really, really work for me. And the yeah. fact that both the album is not too long mm -hmm. and the songs are very short. Yeah. And he is flowing his ass off. It's yeah. like, nah, this is this is good. Yeah. Cause I think I would probably give it like a four and a half in current era. That's fair too. Like if I if I had to rate it across all the eras, I I might it might skew down. Yeah. But for this era, this is like a four and a half. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So maybe that's fair. So maybe yeah. maybe for this era, maybe it's like four and a half. This is a, this is a good project. Yeah, great project. Um, like I enjoyed this project more than I enjoyed like Nas's recent works mm. or uh, who's another. I mean, I look, I really like the Kendrick album. Mm -hmm. Um, but. Of some of the other ones that I've listened to recently, I I like this one yeah. uh, quite a bit. I so. hope that I hope that Freddie continues to give us kind of more introspective works like mm -hmm. this going forward because uh, I really enjoy it. Yeah. yeah. All right. So yeah. So that should wrap it up. Uh. Yeah. Peace. Peace.